Hey, good morning. I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here. If you're new, we're really glad, <clears throat> excuse me, glad that you're here. Um, before we jump in uh, back into our talk series, something's kind of been on my heart and really a lot of our hearts and minds this week. I just, it's been, it's been hard, I think, for a lot of people to kind of process the shooting that happened in Las Vegas last week. And there's a couple things that I think it's important for us because I, I think ultimately we have a responsibility to each other and to the world to be able to kind of process some of this. And, and there's an interesting thing that I've noticed with this mass uh, murder in particular, because what happens a lot of times, and, and, and you see this, and it's, and, it, and it's awful, where there will be some mass murder of some kind, and, and you get the sense that there are certain people who are hoping that it's going to be a particular type of person. Right? And so there's people that are hoping, I believe, and it, it's awful to say this, they're hoping that it's going to be a Muslim. Because if it's a Muslim, then it advances a certain political idea and a certain political agenda that you can then move forward. And then there are a different group of people that are hoping that they're, somehow they're going to be able to find this person's Facebook page and find a picture of him wearing a Trump hat. And um, then, so now then we've got another agenda. Now look, see? And, 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 and what we do is we try, we try to categorize evil and, and we try to other them, right? They, those people, they're, they're where evil is. And if we can just get them to stop being them and they will stop being evil, then, then we'll be okay. And then people are really struggling with this because this guy will not be categorized. He has no profile. No one has any idea what his motives were. I mean, because everything's political. What were his, there had to be a political motivation, and you have to fall into one of these two camps. Who, 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 who does he belong to? And I'm telling you, if there's a part of you that um, when you hear about these things are a little bit relieved when it's somebody on the other team, or a little bit frustrated when it's someone on your team and the people on the other team are pointing out that they're on your team, you've, you've gone off the rails, And we have lost sight of what it is that God is calling us to. And I think it is important for us to kind of take a a moment back and recognize, man, what is our role? Who is it that God has called us to be in these types of tragedies? And there are a few very simple principles that I think we all need to remind each other of. And the first thing is that God has called us to be someone who grieves with those who are grieving. If someone is grieving, we want to grieve with them. Second, we need to understand that evil is rampant. It is, it is everywhere, and it's not just them, it's us, and it's not just us, it's me. Evil is real. Jesus is the only hope this world has. And it is our responsibility to take Jesus to the people who need him. That is our responsibility. And I know that some people, you kind of operate a little bit in the political realm. And I understand that. But we need to make sure that we recognize that our primary realm that we operate in is taking the hope of Jesus to people. And this is heartbreaking. And we need to continue to be a people who are not looking to advance a tragedy, to, to take a tragedy and, and advance our agenda with it, some political agenda. It's, it's ridiculous and it's awful. But we need to bring hope, hope and life to a world that more and more each day, each week, each month, it is becoming less and less a possibility to deny 
the evil that is in this world, and, and, and that hope and peace are needed. So let's just, let's just take a time. Let's just take a little time right here. And let's just pray. Let's just pray for the people who are hurt. And let's pray that God can use us. God, I thank you. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that he is our hope in this world and in the next. And God, I just pray for those families that have been ravaged by the shooting. And God, the countless other people who have been murdered and hurt even today all around the world that will never get the news coverage. And God, we just speak out and we pray against this evil. And God, we ask that you would help us to trust only in you and to be um, carriers of hope to people that in tangible ways, God, we would show the love of your son to them. And so God, just again, we just, we're so thankful for your son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, this is a really, really difficult transition. You go from minions to that, now trying to get on, on this. So I don't know how to do it, and just, just a hard break. And um, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. It's completely unrelatable. It's completely unrelatable. Every, everything that you're not supposed to do, everything they tell you in seminary to never do, you only tell relatable stories. So my, my story, my unrelatable story goes like this. It starts with this. Have you ever been looking at your sermon notes, right? So obviously you just complain, no, 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 no one's with me, right? Okay, so, um, so here it goes. So you ever looking at your sermon notes and you look and you think, it's like, man, this is, this is all you have today? Dude, this, this, is, this is what you're giving them? This, this, this is what you've chosen? And, and you're just like, dude, this isn't going to cut it. This is weak. And I'm sitting here looking at these notes right now. And here's, here's one of the points. Here's, here's, here's what this is. Here's, here's one of the points. We'll get to it later. We'll, we'll come back to it. Answer questions truthfully. Like, ooh, wow. That's amazing, dude. You're just bringing it today. Because honestly, there's this, there's this pressure. There's this pressure that, that you feel. Uh, again, not you. Because this is an unrelatable story. There's a, there's a pressure that I feel. That what I'm supposed to do up here is to bring you some new and clever insight. That, that, that there's something that you don't know, that I know, that I figured out, and I'm going to deliver it to you in such a way where something that you didn't know is presented to you in a way that you've never heard before. And so there's this pressure. There's this pressure to come up with some new and clever insight, and, and I feel it. And, the, and, then, and then sometimes you have that, like this, like this expectation that, that I'm going to come here, I'm going to learn something that I've, that I've, that I've never known before, right? And, and, and so we have this expectation. But, but here's the deal. Here's the, here's the thing that, 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 that I believe and, and that our church tries to practice is that I don't believe that the gap between where you are and where you need to be is that there's something that you don't know that you need to know. That I believe that for most of us, if not all of us, the gap between where we are and where we need to be is our ability to think deeply and apply the very simple truths that we already know. And I I think about this with Mark's sermon last week. Mark's sermon just kind of wrecked me. It just just really hit me. I I, I teared up a little bit in the first service when I heard it. 
And I was just, he was talking about, and if you weren't here, he kind of kicked off our talk series. And he was talking about, and it was, a really, it, was, it was a really simple thing that he said. There are some things, some conversations that you're not having that you should be having. There's topics that you're avoiding that you shouldn't be. You should be talking about things that you're not. I don't know that anybody walked away from last week going, well, I, 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 didn't, I did not know that. I think, I think even if you weren't here, you hear me say it, and it's like, really, that was like 30 minutes worth? Was I supposed to tithe afterwards? I mean, I mean come on. This is, like, this is like so basic. But it wrecked me. Because I'm like, I'm immediately thinking in my relationship with my wife, and there's certain conversations I don't want to have with her. There's certain topics I know that we need to bring up. Hey, we need to work on this. But I know that as soon as I bring it up, I'm also going to have application points, right? Hey, we, I think da da da. Well, you also need a da da da. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to have that part of the conversation. So I only want to have parts of the conversation where, where, where you have all the application points, not me. So I don't talk about it, right? And and same thing with my kids sometimes, and same things with people that I work with. And I'm just like, man, it really hit me. Not because. I didn't know it, but I needed a moment to stop and think and reflect about it deep, deep in my life. And so as we kind of go through this series, man, I think everything is going to be real just kind of bottom shelf basic. But the challenge for us is going to be, am I willing to take these relatively simple truths that I probably already knew, and am I willing to, to do the hard work to go inward, deep inward, and let God speak to how I'm doing in these areas. And so Mark, last week, he's talking about, hey man, there's some conversations that you're avoiding. And here's the thing that I, I would imagine, that there are a few of you that took the wrong application from that. There are some of you who's like, finally, somebody back me up, because there's been some things I've been wanting to say to you for some time. He told me. Don't avoid the conversation. So now I'm going to tell you some things I've been holding back with Jesus' blessing. Right? <laughs> That's where you're at. And so um, I want to share a verse with you in just a second. But before, before we do, have you ever, ever seen this on the Bible app that you can, take a, you, can, you can take a verse and you can kind of make a little epic little scene picture thing out of it? Have you ever seen that? And it's always, it's always really inspirational verses that you've taken out of context that don't really mean the thing that you think they mean, which... That's another, that's another series. Here's one. I came across one the other day, and I thought, man, if there's any verse that needs a little epic picture made of it, it's this one right here. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Mountains and the stars. Take a picture of that and hang it up on your fridge. Make a cross stitch. Dude... Your words rarely help, right? And so I don't want you to, I mean, well, there's some of us, man, we do. We need to have some hard conversations. But that does not give us license to say and do whatever we want to do. And sometimes our problem is that we're not communicating at all. Sometimes our problem is not that we're not communicating at all, but that, not just to be honest, we don't really know how to do it. We're just not very good at it. So Mark did a great job last week talking to us, man, our lack of communication is hurting us. What we're talking about today is that sometimes our communication itself is hurting us. So we're going to start with this, again, overly basic, simple idea. We're going to start with this. You need to think, then say. 
before you say something, you should think it through. I mean, it, it, I mean, it sounds real simple, but you ain't doing it, so we're talking about it again, right? Most of us just say. We just say. If it comes to my mind, I was thinking it, I feel it, I want to say it, I say it. The best of us say it and then think about it later. Ah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. That went horrible. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Right? That's the best of us. What if we decided that instead of think, saying it and then thinking about it or just saying it, what if we thought about it first? I'm going to think through what I'm going to say before I say it. But here's the thing that happens in our house, and we're, we're a house of, 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 of truth-tellers. Uh, my mom refers to our home not, not the home she led. Her home she led and her dad was perfect. She's talking about my, my home, right? So she calls us the house of no mercy. And um, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, you know, we'll just tell you. You know, we're pretty relatively straightforward in the way that we talk. And what happens sometimes is one person will say something to another one and just, just boom, just say it. And then one of us, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll have to come, I'll, it'll be me, I'll have to come mitigate uh, uh, an argument, and I mean, you you shouldn't have said that. And then the response is this: Well, well, it's true. I'm like, so then the, the dadism is just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. Because there's lots of things that are true that you probably just shouldn't say out loud. It's things that, th- there are true things that pop into your head all day long in your normal life that you shouldn't say. It's like, wow, you're fat. That dress doesn't look good at all on you. You smell really bad. That thing on your face, it's really distracting. I mean, you know, don't say any of, don't say any of those things. There's lots of them. I really don't like being around you at all. I mean, there's just, it's just, there's just lots of things that you can say. I mean, it's true. Can we just agree? In principle, right now, that there's a deeper level that we need to think through things other than I, it's true and I want to say it. So let's just kind of work through just a couple of things. One, it, it, just because it's true, does it, need, does, it, does it really need to be said? Am I saying this to help this person? Am I saying this to, to, in, to help the relationship? Or am I saying it because I just got to get it off my chest? There's just some things you need to know. Right? If, that, if that's all you have, if it's not your goal to help them or help your relationship or to uh, humbly talk about a way that you've been hurt and somebody can help you, then you should just keep it in. Okay? You think, okay, no, no, no. If, if, if I think about it, the thing that I really want to say could be helpful. Okay, great. So it's true. You know, it needs to be said. Does it need to be said right now? Is right now the time to say it? Well, I'm feeling it right now. It's not what I asked. Is now the time? Is now the time to say it. My wife, she ha- we have an understanding. You're not going, I don't care how terrible I've been or what issue has come up or whatever. Saturday night is not the time, right? There comes a moment, and it, and it happened last night. We went out on this date, and, and we had dinner, and then we had a dessert, and then she could just tell that I just, I just, I, I left. It's like, and she says, you're in sermon land now, aren't you? It's like, I I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be. And, and that's just not the time for her to say, well... I've been doing a lot of thinking. <laughs> no, we're not doing any thinking. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have the capacity. 
I don't have the ability with kind of the emotional and the spiritual and the mental thing that I'm having to do to kind of prepare for what, for what Sundays are like for me. I don't have the mental capacity to talk about the things you're thinking about. And so I'm not saying I don't want to talk about it. I just say there's just a window there where it's just not good for me. And we all have these windows. You know, there may be a coffee drinker in your house, right? And I don't mean uh, someone who drinks coffee. I mean like someone who needs a 12-step program kind of coffee drinker, right? Like a coffee drinker, right? And you've pro- this has probably been said multiple times. And maybe somebody's even said it today. Oh, I, can't, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about that. I haven't my coffee yet. I, 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 need, I need my coffee first, right? And what you mean by that is like I don't, I don't really have the space right now the mental capacity to talk about it. So is this a good time to talk about it? Okay, so maybe you thought it through. This is a true thing. It needs to be said. It will be helpful. Now is a good time. But that still doesn't mean that you get to say it any way that you want to say it. If my objective is to help them, to help me, to help the relationship, then I want to be very careful in how that I say it. The tone the words that I use, I'm going to avoid always, I'm going to avoid never, I'm going to keep my tone down, you know, that I really want to think things through, right? So we need to think and then say. Now there's another passage that we're going to look at here, there's a passage we're going to look at to kind of help us kind of talk through some of the other negatives, some of the other ways that we don't really do communication well. And it's in Genesis chapter 3. I was thinking, man, if I think, I was thinking the last couple weeks, if I think long enough, I bet I can find a passage where people are interacting, where they use all the terrible defense mechanisms that we use. And it's Genesis chapter 3. I found one. Where this is where God is interacting with Adam and Eve. This is right after the fall in Genesis in the first part of Genesis chapter three. The snake is talking to Eve, trying to convince her to eat the apple, which she eventually does, and then she hands it to Adam, who's right there. He eats it, and at that moment their eyes are both open, they realize they're naked, they 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 get some leaves and, and, and cover themselves. And then um, God enters the scene in Genesis chapter three, starting in verse eight. <clears throat> Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I I heard you in the garden, and and, and I was afraid because I I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So there, if, you know, most of the time, you know, this is kind of a passage that you would preach, and you talk about the theology of sin and, and, and the fall and what that means and the implications for all of us, but it's also an incredibly interesting study in really, really bad evasive communication, right? And so it, it all starts with God pulling a, a total dad move, right? You know, he walks in and they're hiding and he's like, hey, where are you guys? Like he didn't know, right? Of course he knew. You know, it's a total dad move. I pull it from the chair. You hear, you hear clunk, thunk, clunk, clunk, something, right? right? And you know exactly what has happened. Or you hear, Right? And, you know, and I'm like, hey, what's going on in there? It ain't like I don't know. All right? Or sometimes you walk in on it and, 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 you know, I mean, and, you know, the kid, 
It's there, scissors in hand, some of their hair on the floor. Hey, what's going on in here? What are you doing? Right? It's a very simple question. It's not, it's not that you don't know. You just want to hear what they're going to say. <laughs> he wasn't confused. He knew what had happened. He wasn't confused. What are you doing? And, 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 and what is Adam's response? Uh, oh, we we're just naked and we just got a little nervous because we were naked and we, we, don't, we don't want you to see us. And let's just say that in all real sense of the words, it's a lie. And we'll just say it this way. Here's what you need to do. I already teased you on this, right? Answer questions truthfully is the idea here. I mean, you need to answer questions truthfully. Where are you? We're hiding in the bushes because we ate from that apple. We didn't want, you told us not to. And we're embarrassed and we don't want you to bring it up. And we thought if we hid, then maybe we could avoid this. And that's true. I mean, what he says is like, you know, we heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I was hid. Like, dude, that's not true. Well, here's what he would say if you brought that up to him, right? That's not true, dude. That's not what's going on. It's, well, it's technically true. All of those pieces are true. They heard him. They were afraid. They were naked. And they hid. They're all technically true. Can I just, we'll just go ahead and say this. We'll just kind of say it in a relatively blunt way, right? If you ever use that phrase in a conversation with somebody, well, technically what I said was true. You've already lost. You're an idiot and you've lost. You're done. Technically true is not true. What do they say when they swear you in? I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. This is not the whole truth. While technically not false, there is a difference between saying something that is not technically false and and, and speaking truth. And we need to speak truthfully, which Adam fails to do. And we do this in relationships all the time. This is, we lie all the time, right? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I, before we get under that, uh, there's something I, 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 it was rude to me. I should have asked you this before we even got started. How are you guys doing today? How, seriously, how are you guys doing? First service fell for it, right? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You're not good. You're, you're not good. Right? And so this kind of speaks to the shallowness of interactions that maybe we shouldn't have, and that's not what I mean to bring up. I just mean that there, but in this, there are true things that you can say in answer to that question. And so typically, and again, we're not talking about shallow interactions. We're talking about people who love you and care about you, and they come up to you, and they say to you, you seem upset about something. Is everything okay? And then you say, what do you say? What do you say? I'm fine, right? I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, no, it seems like something wrong. What's wrong? Nothing. Now you're lied again. You've lied twice. You've, you're, li- you're lying to your spouse, right? You're lying to your friend. You're lying to your parent. You're lying. And you think, but I don't really want to talk about it. Well, then say that. Because that's true. What's wrong with you? I don't want to talk about it. At least it's true. At least we're getting somewhere by, by, by having honesty in our, in our communication. 
But what happens is, is we decide that you need to work a little harder to get the information from me. It's a passive-aggressive drama game that we play, right? Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm upset. But you think somehow I'm going to just give you this information because you've asked? You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to beg. You have to want it. Because to, you know, for you to be worthy of the, of the great pain and toil that I'm in, you're going to have to work a little harder. And it turns into a game. Oh, please, oh, please, help, please, please, please. Oh, I'm fine. It's nothing. And you know what's eventually going to happen? They're going to stop asking. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're playing your little pity party game, Right? I'm upset and no one cares. They've hurt me and no one cares. And then someone comes to you and says, I care enough to ask. Well, I'm fine. And then they don't ask. And then you go into your room by yourself saying, no one even cares about me. Well, you did that. You did that to yourself. Someone actually cared enough to ask you. And then you shut them down. And so we end up in these cycles where now we have to go back to, to, to week one with Mark. Now we're avoiding these conversations. But we're avoiding these conversations because you refuse to have them in the first place because you didn't have the courage to be honest to talk about the things that are going on in your heart and your life. And so when asked questions, when, when confronted, when, when someone brings something up, you need to be honest. Okay, but that's not all that Adam and Eve do here. They have some incredible, they have some incredible things. We'll say it this way. You've got to stop your defense mechanisms, right? You've got to stop your defense mechanisms. So, so the, all these little defense mechanisms that we have, and we see them. So Adam is like, hey, well, how do you know you're naked? Did you eat from that tree? And then he says, let's say, the woman you put here with me, she gave... Me, you know, who, who's he blaming there? God. What did he do? He's like, he, he just took it, put it right back on God. Did you eat that fruit? Well, you put her here. You did this to me. You're why I'm upset. You're the reason. You, you seem stressed out. Why are you so stressed? You're the reason I'm stressed out. Oof. Right? You can just kind of, like, you got this like, woo, like it's the I'm rubber, you're glue defense. You can just kind of, and I'll tell you what, this is when I'm a huge hypocrite. I'm, I'm the king of this. I, I, can, I, oh, I can turn it back on you so fast because I don't like your tone. <laughs> well, that was kind of ugly what you just said to me. Well, but, but you, you shouldn't have done that thing yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I shouldn't have done that thing, but that's relatively small. The thing that you said was mean. Now, I mean, this is what I did. What you did was this. We need to talk about this. We can't talk about this. We're talking about this. And now we're on you. Congratulations. And then, and, and then what have I done? I've shut the conversation down. Eve does a very similar thing. Well, Eve, is this true? That was a snake. Just put this over here. Let's, how about me and you agree that rather than fighting about each other, we'll talk about how bad they are. Well, they're worse. They're the ones, they're the ones that are doing this to me. It's them. Let's me, you, and I agree that I'm okay. Let's, let's talk about how, how ugly they are. 
And so that I can, I, I can just figure out ways to deflect conversations that have to do with things that I don't want to talk about and things that are going on in my heart that I don't want to talk about. But can we, I would also like to agree, in the, in the same way that shutting off when you feel violated and you feel like no one cares, shutting off conversation is self-defeating, I'd like to suggest these defense mechanisms are the same way. Because you come to me with something and I'm like, what's my goal? My goal is I don't want to talk about it, right? But what have I now done? Now I've had this ugly fight with my wife and I have guaranteed that we're going to have the conversation again. It's self-defeating. When in reality, I need to trust that she's doing her best to do the first thing. I'm trying to think through what I'm saying, say it at the right time, in the right way, with the right tone. And any gap in there is just her inability or whatever in that moment to really speak with the grace that I wish that she could. But I have to have the humility to address the issue that she's bringing to me. And stop trying to do everything that I can to deflect and distract and to keep from having to have the serious conversation that I need to have. And so here we are. And at this point, we've really just kind of all talked about kind of the negative things that we need. We need to stop doing. The series will continue. We'll talk a little bit more just kind of what it would look like. How, so what are some practical ways to kind of just do communication in a healthy way? Right now, we just kind of talked about a lot of unhealthy things that we need to avoid. And here's the thing. We talked about this at the very beginning. This is where the hard work is. It is probably not new information for anyone for me to say that you need to think through what you say, that you need to stop having defensive defense mechanisms, that you need to um, speak truth, you need to not lie about things. None of it's new. But learning it, understanding, that's not the hard part. The hard work, the hard work is am I willing to kind of look inside myself and say, Which one of those things do I most struggle with? Which one of these things do I do? Admit it and then go to the person that you do it to and confess it and tell you I'm sorry. Hey, mom, I'm sorry. Hey, 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 husband, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, son, I'm sorry. Hey, friend, I'm sorry. I know that I do this to you and I don't want that. And honestly... I don't know that there is much harder work to do than to have the humility and the courage to look deep into your own heart and say, how is it that my defensiveness, my lying, my lack of grace, how is it that what I'm doing is wrecking the relationships that I'm in? We don't want to do that. We want to deflect. We want to distract. And this is where it's always important for us to take a step back and remember that that through Jesus, this is possible. He has given us forgiveness. He has given us grace. And He has given us His Holy Spirit and the ability to overcome any obstacle, any bad habit, any routine, any sin that we struggle with. So let's 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 do the work. What am I doing that I need to stop doing? And who do I need to make this right with? And invite God to help you, give you the courage to do it and to overcome. Let's pray.